Well, good morning again. We are going to uh, now hear the word of God, so I'm just going to pray. Father, your word is truth, God. And your word is the only word that will make us free. So, Father, as we give your word today, Father, bless me. Fill me with your spirit, Father, and touch everyone's heart and their minds, Father. So they can take in, Lord, the awesomeness, Father, and the wonderful God that you are trying to help us in every step of our life. So bless us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, as you've noticed, we have a sermon every time somebody gets up these days, which is brilliant. Because it is so important that we know that we have to use uh, the Word of God. I have been a born-again Christian now for 25 years. And God never fails to amaze me. Never. No matter what's going on all through that time. All the trials, the many trials, many tribulations, tons of tests of life. And when you become a Christian, people, you know, all, all of a sudden think it's going to be the, the old bed of roses. Well, life is life. And we make it what we make it. And that's so important. Because in my life, the storms have been really heavy. My wife will tell you some of the times of heartache that I've had. And not just with what's going on, but with Christians as well. The pain, the disillusionment of life. The doubt that comes upon us, our anger, our loss, our death, and the grieving when it happens. Now I know this is just normal life for everyone. But the difference we've got to do is to see how much God can make a difference in our life. In the way we think, in the way we speak in the way we treat each other, and in the way that we begin to view what is going on in this world. There's no doubt about it. We know this world is in a mess, whether you've got faith or you haven't got faith. But as we grow in Christ, we begin to learn, no matter where we are, his love, his mercy, and his forgiveness is a never-ending source of support and strength for us. His job is to give us a blessed life, no matter what is going on. His support is to help us make the right decisions in everything that we do. For he loves us. And his love, honestly, I promise you, is truly beautiful. In that 25 years, how many times do you think I messed up? Thank you, Kevin, for the, the, the wonderful adjective. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, but it's marvelous, isn't it? It's marvelous. That with the Lord, when we make a mistake, he is the only one in this world that will immediately say, it's okay when we say sorry, when we ask for forgiveness. That's, that's why it fills me with awe what God wants for us. For the hope for the future doesn't grow dim. It's exciting and I know that there's so much more we can do. And all the perseverance he's trying to give us. 
through all the hassle, through all the tiredness, through the work and everything else, is going to give us even more hope for the future. Our perseverance is to produce fruit in the kingdom of God. It is to give us the strength and the knowledge, the understanding and the wisdom and the compassion on other souls to get them saved first. And then to have to be saved to make disciples from them. That is the kingdom of God. And so whatever anyone says to you, whatever people say about I believe in God or I don't believe, God's first job is to get them to have the faith to believe to follow. Then he can get them saved. That's our job as well. God's word is truly a flowing stream of strength and hope and love. Just as he gave his disciples instruction when he was on the earth, he worked through those disciples to ensure we today receive the same instructions and power to be able to be confident in the truth we stand upon throughout our lives. The title of this morning's sermon is Unexpected Strength and Unexpected Blessings. He is our strength. He is the one who blesses. Our reading is going to start today from 2 Timothy, chapter 4, and it's a long passage, verses 1 to 18. Preach the word. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead of his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort and with all long suffering and teaching. Why? That's us. Excuse me, let me just remind you this is supposed to be us. This is what we've got to do. This is not just for Timothy. This is for us. All these words that we hear in the Bible are for you. Not someone else. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. They will not endure what God wants to tell them. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. In other words, they'll go where it sounds all right for them. They won't want to listen to what God says. They'll go what sounds all right to them. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things. Endure the afflictions of life. Do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. This is Paul. This is what he said. I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. At the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day. And not only to me, but also to those who loved his appearing. Paul was ready for death, but he knew it stuck to the faith. He knew he'd done what he'd done. So therefore he knew he was going to go to heaven and receive a crown, a crown of goodness from God. Amazing, because he'd done what the Lord had asked him to do. 
But listen to what he was going through. And this is just like us today. This is what he said. Be diligent to come to me quickly. For Demas has forsaken, that was one of his helpers, has forsaken him. Having loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonica. Crescens, this is another one of his workers. Crescens for Galatia. Titus for Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. So he... His so-called people that will help him have all just disappeared. And get Mark and bring him with you, for he'll be useful for me in the, in the ministry. And Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus. Bring the cloak I left with carpets at Troas when you come, and the books, especially the parchment. So he's calling for help. He felt abandoned. Alexander the coppersmith, and there's something else that we're going to get. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. So there's Paul, that great apostle, and now he's complaining. Just like us, it's all right to complain. (laughs) It is. May the Lord repay him for his works. Not us. May the Lord repay him for his works. You all must beware of him, for he has greatly resisted our words. And my first defense, no one stood with me. So when he had to defend himself, no one stood with him. But all forsook me may not be charged against them. So he didn't hold the grudge. He even asked the Lord, don't charge it against them. Why? The Lord is faithful. This is what he said. Because no matter what was going on, no matter how much he was forsaken, no matter how many people got against him, this is what he said, but the Lord stood with me. Isn't that amazing? That the Lord, he knew the Lord has stood with him and strengthened me. So that the message might be preached fully through me. That all the Gentiles might hear. Also I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work. And preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Isn't that marvellous? So no matter what was going on with Paul, and we look at Paul as this incredible uh, apostle and how much he did, and yet this is telling us how much he had to keep going through to be that incredible apostle. Last scripture. Hold fast the pattern of the sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Jesus Christ. So isn't it amazing? So after all that, he's still telling everyone, the words you have learned from God, hold fast. Hold on to those promises that God has given us. Because no matter what's going on, he shall see us through. It's amazing stuff. How the Lord is so clear about what he he wants to do for us in in our life in general, and especially for the ministry that God has called us for. But we... As Christians, don't want that. We don't want all that. We don't want any, any forsaking. We don't want anyone to talk about us. We don't, we don't want any of this mess. You know, oh Lord, this is what Christians want. Christian, Lord, I want to be clear of all the problems. I don't want to have any problems. I want to be loved by everyone. I don't want to be hated by anyone. I want to be loved by everyone. I want to live in a wonderful home. And the family to be great. Never to be short of any money, Lord. To be healthy. And to live for a long time. And then I want to go to heaven. Hallelujah. That sounds better, doesn't it? 
Well, I'm sorry. It doesn't work that way. We get our joy and our peace and our love from God. And when we are together. Look, we know everyone's got problems. Anyone got no problems? Everyone's life is so clear, so marvellous, so incredible that you... No, okay then. I'm just testing to see whether everyone's life is like that. Everyone. Why? Because it's a battle. And that's why we need God to see us through the battles, to make the right decisions, to be able to go to him and say, this is it. And then, and then, then get someone who knows, knows the word better than we do to teach us, well, what does it actually say for about this? If we don't do that, we'll make decisions that will kill us. It'll kill our faith. It'll kill our hope. It'll kill everything that, that we do. And it's so important. And you know when these trials and tribulations come, they seem to overtake us. It's like a flood. Just floods over us. Oh no, not again. And everything like that. And it drains us of energy. It certainly does. And some of us might not have very much strength to begin with. So it's like the biggest catastrophe. And of course, the enemy will always try to take your faith away. He'll take your strength, your strength of your faith away. Because he does not want you to stay with God. So all your hope... The enthusiasm gets less and less. He's just like Paul in that passage. His friends left him. Alexander the coppersmith did him much harm. No one stood him when he tried to defend the, defend the gospel. And, and it says, and they all forsook him. Isn't that brilliant? So you know, it's, it's you know, no wonder God said, "Trust in me," because can't trust all the people with. But we, as a church, have got to learn to trust one another. If we don't, guess what? We'll never speak. We'll never say what's wrong. And we'll never be able to help each other. But it's the same for us. It's the same for us as Paul. In, 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 when, no matter what was going on. I, I love this. He said, you know, we've got to learn these type of scriptures. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. So no matter what was going on. And Paul, and Paul used it to say, it didn't stop me preaching the gospel. Isn't that fascinating? You know, because the trials and tribulations God's trying to use to strengthen us. But what we have to do is to, is, is to hang on to those, those words that God has given us to know that this is correct. This is right. This is the right way of doing it. But if we don't learn the words and don't hold on to them, guess what? We'll go our own way. And we'll continually think that, that this is it. This is the way I've got to go. No. No, God delivered us from no matter what's going on. God's promise he will deliver us from. But what we have to do is turn to him. Not what we think. See, this is the faith that God wants to grow in us. So, so, so we can, that, that, we, that we can, every time these things come, is to share it, go through it, be supported by God and let God strengthen us and still give us the hope for the future. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ that he wants for us. And don't worry, people went through this all through the Bible. And that's why he gives us the examples. Even Daniel, another one, a great prophet in the Old Testament, had these amazing, amazing visions of the future. And yet even he struggled. And he cried out to God, send me help like, you know, I need it. And he had a vision. And the vision made him feel even worse. He had a vision that he couldn't understand. And, and, it, and it just drained him of, of energy. And, and he prayed and prayed and prayed for God to come and help him. 
And this is what happened. And when he had spoken such words to me, I turned my face towards, sorry, Daniel had been praying for help. He had this vision and was left speechless and weak. And when the angel of the Lord appeared, and when he had spoken such words to me, I turned my face towards the ground and became speechless. And suddenly, one having the likeness of the sons of men touched my lips. This is an angel, an angel of the Lord. And then I opened my mouth and spoke, saying to him who stood before me, My Lord, because of the vision, my sorrows have overwhelmed me, and I have retained no strength. For how can this servant of my Lord talk with you, my Lord? For no, for no strength remains in me, nor is there any breath left in me. Then again, the one having the likeness of man touched me and strengthened me. And he said, O man, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be to you. Be strong. Yes, be strong. And when he spoke to me, I was strengthened. And I said, let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. God wants to come in these times of despair or the times of trouble to give you the strength to be able to get through it. And that's what the church is there for as well, to support you in those times of trouble. It's not that you're on your own at all anymore. When we get on our own, we're in trouble. We go our own way. We go up with it. We're all the same. It's not, there's you know, no special section. We're all the same. That's why God is asking us all the time to come with him. And there's an incredibly well-read couple of scriptures in Isaiah, which, is, which I love. Isaiah 40, 28 to 31. Have you not known, have you not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, faints not, neither gets weary. There is no searching of his understanding, and he gives power to the faint. So you know, I see, it doesn't matter what we look at, is it whether you, whether whatever it is, God is saying, wherever you are, I'll come to you. And to them that have no might, He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young shall utterly fall. But they, but they that wait upon the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. These are the scriptures the Lord is trying to tell us that, you know, no matter where we are, God is there ready to give us that strength and even to bless us in what we're doing. And so it's so important that everything we do, no matter what's going on, the Lord is trying to work with you to get you through it and to strengthen you, not just for now, but for the future. It's so important. We're all strengthened by the inner man when we call upon the Lord. And don't forget, the disciples, when they first started going out, they never went out on their own. The Lord sent them out two by two. He knew if they're on their own, they're easily distracted. But when there's two of you and you're doing something, guess what? Between you, you'll make sure you carry on on the right path. It's fascinating. The disciples were sent out two by two. He sent 70 out together two by two. But the Lord 
knew they would have to have somebody else to help them. It's the same with us today. We're not to be on our own in our Christian walk. We've got to walk together as a family. And the Bible says this also, when two agree, when two agree, they can walk together. And when two agree in prayer, listen to this, Matthew 8, 19 and 20. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth, anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where there are two or three gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Isn't it beautiful? You know, Linda and I were, 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 were praying this morning, like, you know, and, and it just, you know, the presence of the Lord came and we just said, isn't it God amazing that, you know, that we can just do this and, and, and the presence of God comes just to help us, to strengthen us, you know, of, of, of what we're doing. But you see, God even uses our weaknesses. This is, quite, this is so different to the rest of the world. You see, he even uses our weaknesses. So when we're in weakness, God said we shall be strong in the Lord. And it's sort of like, it's, hold on a moment, isn't this, is, 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 isn't this contrary to what? what? No, no, it's, it's very simple. When we get out of thinking that we're strong and turn to the Lord, the Lord strengthens us. But when we think, oh, I've got it, off I go, guess what? You make your own decisions and you end up in trouble. Because we think we know well, that's even better. <laughs> we think we know everything. And we know... Little. Preacher's getting it today, isn't he? Praise the Lord. Very, very little. Well done, Kevin. It's absolutely right. But you know, there's some incredible scriptures in, in the Bible that, that we, we've got to learn. And this one is in Zechariah, Zechariah 4.6. Here is the, the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. It's the word of the Lord to us. Not by might... Not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Isn't it fascinating? God is ready to, to, to strengthen us in everything we do, and he does it by his spirit. And that's why we, we, we have to continue to tell every person we see, believers and non-believers, you've got to be saved first. You've got to repent to God of your sins. You've then got to turn away from them. You have then got to be baptized, full immersion in water in the name of Jesus Christ, and then be filled with God's Spirit. That's the plan of salvation. No other way to heaven. No other way to God. No other way to be saved. Everyone who says, I'm a believer. Well, even, even, the, Be even was it the Beatles said that. I'm a believer. But they didn't believe. Even the devils believe and they tremble. Here we go. Even the demons believe who God is and tremble. We who have faith have got to believe that this word is the word of God and it will set us free. Set us free of trying to make decisions that are not of God. Trying to get us to, to look at ourselves, not other people first, ourselves first, to say, how am I living? What am I doing? How am I following what God? How am I doing those things that God has asked us to do? And the most wonderful thing about God is patience. His patience. My, 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 my wife said he's got to have a lot of patience. And I say, why? He said, because he chose you. 
You know, so there's another one for you, you know. And, she, and she's not being critical. She knew what her husband was like. Husband looks at things, goes for it, whatever he's doing, and he goes for it. And, 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 and I used to mess up all the time. Because, ah, oh, I can do this, I can do that, I can do that. But never went to God, did my own way, and failed. Hallelujah. After a while, you begin to learn. <laughs> After a while, you begin to learn it's not, it's not about us. It's about him. You know, he doesn't ask us to do anything we can't do. You no, know, it's so fascinating, the scriptures. He says, you know, he said, why would I ask you something you can't do? That's impossible for you, but it's possible for me. So if I'm going to ask you something that you think you can't do, don't worry. I'm going to supply your needs for you to be able to do it. So if you haven't got enough scripture, I'm going to teach you. If you haven't got enough love, I'm going to teach you to love. If you haven't got enough faith, I'm going to teach you to give you the faith. We have everything that he asks us to do. Oh, I've got no strength. Well, we keep hearing God is our strength. He will give us the strength we need. He will supply everything we need. He will never leave us or forsake us. So you can never say, oh, well, God's left me today. Because Mark will answer you. No, you've left him. It's so simple when the enemy comes and we leave God behind. Why? Because he wants us to be a blessing in this world. A blessing to your wife, a blessing to your children, a blessing to, to, your, to your friends, a blessing to, a blessing to sinners. And of course, he wants us to be the greatest blessing to the church. He says, do good to all, especially those in the household of God. Isn't that wonderful? So, you know, what should we do? Should we help our friend first or the church first? Church. Kevin, could you... Could you not answer so quickly. You know, we have to give somebody else a chance. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> Beautiful. Kevin's right. <laughs> Kevin's right. Listen. It's this spirit that we talk about that gives life. The word we learn and then the spirit gives life to the word that we're learning. It's the spirit inside us that will, that will help us. He guides us, he strengthens us, and he teaches us. I can teach you God's scripture, but it's the spirit that makes it work in your life. Amen? Amen? Listen to this, Romans 8, 11, 14. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, You've got that bit, if. If the Spirit of God dwell in you, and raised up from the dead, he raised up Christ from the dead, he shall quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwells in you. That word quicken means give life. So you know when we're weak, he can give when we when we're weak, he can give us strength. When we're sad, he can give us joy. When when we're, when we're worried, he can he can give us contentment. Because all those things are those the things of the world that destroy us. When we've done wrong, it gives forgiveness. It is absolutely beautiful. And we know that this spirit has to be inside us. Why? Because if we have not the spirit of Christ in us, we are in our flesh. 
We can be a believer, we can go to church, but we're still in our flesh. And and the Bible says, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. The flesh is all the worldly stuff. It's the philosophers, it's, it's what we think, and not what God tells us. For if we live after the flesh, you shall die. So if we follow our fleshly desires and they are not of God, we're already dead to Christ. That's powerful. Powerful. But there's there's happiness, you see. It's so simple. But if you, through the Spirit, do mortify, kill the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many are as led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You see? It's this amazing gift that God has for us, the whole church. It's an amazing gift that God, who is a spirit. The Bible says that heaven of heavens cannot contain him. And no matter how far we look out into the universe, no matter how many more galaxies and and, and, and Milky Ways and and universes the, the Keppel telescope finds, God's there. For he is a spirit and he is everywhere. He's here right now. He's here trying to touch our minds and our hearts. He's here trying to change us right now. He's here to change this heart so we can find him. He's here to change this mind so we can learn more about him. He's here to try and help us get closer to him. Because the closer we get, the better we become. That's the Spirit of God that's inside us. And you know, all the trouble and everything else, people say, oh, I've failed here, I've failed. God doesn't have failures. He doesn't have failures. All he has is his people trying to be Christians. Hello? Trying. Christian means to be Christ-like. And if you look at Christ... And what he did, who wants to be totally Christ-like? He was hated. People left him. He didn't have anywhere to sleep. The religious leaders wanted to kill him. And then he gave up his life at 33 for us. I'm saying, God, I I just don't probably want to do just that part of Christ being Christ-like, but I want to do the love. I want to do the forgiveness. I want to have the peace and joy that he must have had even at the very end. Even the very end when he he was on that cross and said, Lord, why hast thou forsaken me? Because the Spirit of God that dwelt in him had left him for one moment while he took the sin of the world, every pain, every hurt, every lie, every bit of violence, every disgusting thing that man has done to one another, he took at that one moment, no wonder he was in despair. But he did that for us. So we could have these promises. We all get weak. We all get concerned. We've all got concerns now. But God said, We'll get that unexpected, unexpected strength. And it's because God doesn't want us to go down into a heap. He wants us, when it comes, I want to know. When, when, you know, everything we do, we know something goes wrong. I mean, yesterday, one of my tire protect, my 
alloy wheel protectors come off my car. Well, coming off. And so there's a bit hanging on it. And it was going, and I thought, oh, I know what it is. Every, every person that come past me, bibbed their horn, wound the window down while we're driving, and said, your wheel's falling off. I'm going, no, it's not. It's just to protect it. I said, no, I'm just going to cut it off. And, you know, they, and they kept it. But, you know, people were stopping me. And the lights, you know, getting out the car and saying, your wheel's falling off. I said, no, it's just the rim protector, you know. Did it irritate me? But they were, they were trying to be kind. They were trying to be kind, but that's our human nature. Just a simple thing like that, you know, I wish they'd shut up. Hallelujah. But I have to go, oh, Father, forgive me. They're trying to be kind. Amazing. But it's just something simple like that. But listen. He says, no matter what we do, his grace is sufficient for us. Paul, who we looked at as this amazing apostle, cried out to God three times, take the thorn out of my flesh. Then the thorn of the flesh is something that's always against his flesh. And he, was, he gets fed up with it. Anybody get fed up with anybody else? Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we do get fed up of people and everything else. But you know that thorn in the flesh is good for you. Isn't that amazing? It shows you where you are with your faith in God. So every one of these trials and tests, all these things that, are, that, that come against us, shows us where our faith is in God. Isn't that fascinating? So it's not bad for us. It's actually good for us. It's actually showing, oh, that wasn't a very good response, was it? Oh, why am I, why have I all of a sudden got worried about everything? Oh, that means I don't trust God. Because he said, do not worry. I shall be with you. So it's quite fascinating, isn't it? So next time we get a trial and a test, just go. Hallelujah. Father, I ain't going anywhere. Yeah, I know it's a mess. And I know this is hopeless. And I know that's hopeless. But God, i got nowhere else to stand. Father, you took me out of the miry clay of this world. You took me out of darkness and brought me into a marvellous light. A light that shows me where I'm going. I'm going to be okay no matter what troubles come, Father. No matter what storms come. Why? Because you said, if I stand on the rock, the rock of my Lord Jesus Christ, who gave me the words of life and gave me the faith to believe, and I'm Father and I'm following you, then I know... Whatever the storm is, it shall not wash me because my foundation is in the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. And I have the spirit, the power to overcome the enemy. Amen. Isn't it wonderful? And, that, and it comes at the most unexpected times. And you know, how have some people gone through the, the, the trials they went through? How did your mom go through that, that trial with your dad? All those, all that amazing problems that he that had. He even tried to take his own life. And your mom all of a sudden said, Mark, the Lord must have given me this strength because I just wanted to run away. And yet I feel, Mark, that I feel like a mountain, she said, as the Lord gave her the strength to see through everything that was going on. That 
That's our testimonies. And that's why we should give testimonies. It's telling us where we've been and what we've gone through. And look what the Lord has done. Incredible. I've told you so many times, I've travelled to 53 countries preaching this gospel. I've seen thousands upon thousands come to the Lord Jesus Christ. I've seen 200 people receive the Holy Ghost in one service. I've seen, I've seen 600 people be baptised in the sea. And yet God in his infinite wisdom and love has sent me to be with you. Isn't that marvellous? Isn't it marvellous what God will do? Start again. Start a church and all that sort of thing. Knowing that this country is the worst ungodly state it's ever been in. Amen? Mm. But he said this in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, Paul said, I would rather glory in my infirmities. I'd rather give you thanks for what I'm going through, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Isn't that incredible? Okay, Father, I don't like what, what's going on. I don't like this. But you know, I'm going to say thank you. Glory. Thank you. I praise you, God, for what I'm going through. Because I know that if I can do that through my trials and tests, the power of God, the power of spirit shall rest upon me. And he will give me that strength to get through. It's nothing like we think, is it? It's nothing like this human. And Paul said this, Therefore I take pleasure in my infirmities. In the reproaches that I get. In all the persecutions that I have. And all the distress that I find myself in. For Christ's sake. For when I'm weak. Then. Am I strong. When we trust God. And not in ourselves, Then. We shall be strong. Not by might. But by my spirit, saith the Lord. It's quite amazing. It is so different to what we think. And this is why the Lord wants us to get together, to have Bible study, to be able to take in this word of God and to ask each other questions as well. It's the best way of teaching for people to ask questions so we can help them change their mind. Although we have many problems, and we all do, but when, but when we have been with the Lord for a while, we do know where our strength comes from. We do know the one who is helping us. We do know the one who is our saviour. We know in whom we should trust. And also we know he loves us more than any one else. Isn't that wonderful? That personal relationship. That's my God. And his name is Jesus. 
He promises us time and time again. He will never leave us or forsake us. And here is what God will do. When we get on with our life and have to go to work and all the rest of it, but when we begin to work with him in the, in the kingdom, that's when he'll deliver us from our enemies. That's when he is our strength. That's when he'll walk and, and walk with you and live in you when you decide to walk with him. He's our redeemer. We can't gain redemption. We can't gain this. It's him who gives it. It's a free gift of God for the, for the faithful. Just look at Jesus. No matter what was inside him, he decided to give his life up. We have to decide to give our life up. And it's not about dying. It's about trying to see what God is asking us to do and follow. That's putting his way instead of our way. That's what it is. You know, it's the same power. The same power that he gave Jesus. He wants to give us. We might not be able to walk on the water yet. Yeah, yeah, you can laugh. I still try. I tried to walk on a puddle the other day. But I'm glad it wasn't too deep. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, and it, people think it's funny. But when you're with me, you'll see. Whenever there's water, I always try and walk on the water. Do I think I'm going to do it? <laughs> yes, I do. And when I don't do it, do I get disappointed? No. Yeah. At least I'm trying. At least I'm trying, and, and it's a great talking point. When people say, what are you doing, Mark? I'm just trying to... I'm drawing myself. Uh, hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. Yeah, I'm taking Kevin just for a trip up the reservoir for him to have his trial. <laughs> hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's important. It's the same power that gives it us. It's the choice of believing and following him and gaining life abundantly or... Not to follow. And when you don't follow, you'll reap what the world has got for you. And if you look at the world, what have they got for you? What do they want? How many people just come and help you in the world? How many? Zero? It's hardly any, is it? You can ask for help, but you don't get people flocking to help you. It's incredible. If you don't follow, then you'll reap the life without him. It'll be the life that you choose. It'll be the, life, the decisions that you make that you'll reap, the, you'll reap what you sow. So you make wrong decisions. Be careful what you're going into. Because if you do something and it's not right, you'll reap the consequences. Even the words you speak, you'll reap the consequences of your words. It'll be your strength, what you think, what you think is right and wrong. The way the world thinks then, because as soon as you move away from God, you'll think exactly the way the world thinks. Not how God is trying to let us live. It's, it's, it's by following that we get the peace and the joy and the hope for the future and, and the love that we can love one another no matter what we do. That forgiveness that we, we can have, it's incredible. 
It's the word that gives us the teaching in every part of our life. It's the word that's sown in our hearts that we enact, that renews our minds. All the trials and tests help us to learn about the unexpected strength and blessing that God can give to us. It's because he loved us that he's always trying to increase our knowledge, our understanding and our wisdom. We can be better people. We can be better Christians making a difference wherever we go. The unexpected strength and blessing mainly comes when we're actively working in the kingdom. When we're down and out and we call upon the Lord, he comes. When we think we can go no further and we have to, and then we, we cast all these burdens that we've got upon the Lord and he comes and gives us that lift that we need. Not holding it in. Not our strength. Not our wisdom. But the wisdom and strength of the Lord's Spirit that's working within us to give us the ability to get through whatever we're getting through and be able to give a testimony at the end of what God has done for us. It's, it's amazing. Let me, let me just give you a little testimony over the last couple of weeks. I get frustrated. Anybody get frustrated? Yeah, I get frustrated. And, and my wife knows when I'm frustrated. It's not that I cause her trouble. But all of a sudden I go, that's it. I'm finished with frustration. I've got to do something to get rid of the frustration. And I thank God for that. Because most people in frustration go down. I can't do, I can't do, I can't do. But God has given me. And I said to the Lord, I said, okay, Lord. I said, every person that I meet that I haven't met before, I want to be able to preach the gospel to. It spurs me on to do better, to try more. So I have tried to witness over the last two weeks to anyone that I don't know and those ones that I do know and I've just tried everyone that I've spoke to. And it's amazing how people listen at first. They listen at first and find a quick reason, most of them, to move away. Hallelujah, it's okay. I'm used to that bit. But there are those who are searching and there are people who sometimes they do know, know, know what it is. There are churchgoers who know there's more and yet have never received what God has for them. And so it's so important because even another Christian, we should be sharing the gospel with them. To build one another up, to teach one another, to, to join one another by spirit. And we know that Paul did that. If they have not the spirit of Christ, they are none of theirs. So we've got to check this. It's not about being, being clever or anything like that. It's just checking to see if our brothers and sisters have received the spirit. And we all know. So these last two weeks, I've, I've been able to speak to many people. Last week, Rish came to church. Yep. Come to church, was, was highly touched by God, found the service amazing, found the words amazing, and gave testimony at the end of, end of the service. It was wonderful. And this morning we have Ted here. Ted works with Rish. And, and it was, we had a really amusing time. Um, Ted came to do some surveying for something that we needed changing on the double glazing. Ted goes, but well, he's done this wrong. And he said, who's done this? And Ted was, oh, dear me, Mark. And then, and then he went after he filled all the paperwork out again. <laughs> and, and we threw the other paperwork away. We found out he was right. Ted was right. And so Ted had a, had a few little, you know, oh, 
natural. But you know, the Lord gave us time to speak to Ted about faith. And Ted's got this longing inside him. He reads his Bible every day. And I just happened to say to him, there's more. There's more. Ted answered. I gave him the book. By a few days later, he said he'd read two-thirds. On Thursday, he said he's finished it. And he turned around and said, Mark, I need to know more. I know, no, I know. Isn't that amazing? And Ted's here this morning. He's come from Stratford. Yeah? Wouldn't you say that God's working upon him? It's beautiful, isn't it? Right, five more. I'm not going to give testimony on each one of them, but there's five more that I'm working on right now. Got to meet two this week. Um, uh, one of them is, uh, doesn't, want to, doesn't really want to speak to me, but I know he does. <laughs> I know he does. Because <laughs> he, he just doesn't know yet. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. And so it's marvellous. And all I'm saying is that this is it. We sow the seeds. Now we're watering. And we will bring them to be the harvest of God's saved souls. I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what's going to happen. All I know, I've got to open my mouth and speak about the Lord. Receive the answers and let God work on the people. His strength. His words. I'll finish with this this passage. 2 Timothy 1, 6.13 Wherefore I put you in remembrance... Stir up the gift of God which is in you by putting on of the hands. When you when you were laid of hands and received the Holy Ghost, God gave you the Spirit. When God gives you that Spirit, He's give you a gift that now, that now and again we need to stir up even in, our, even in ourselves. It's so important. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. No fear. He has not given us gear. He gives us a power of love. This is the spirit that's working in us, not to be fearful, but to be loving and know that God has not given us, he's given us a sound mind. So we can say, I'm saved, I'm with God, I'm obeying the word of God. And that is so powerful. So don't, fall, don't be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord. Nor of me, his prisoner, Paul said. But you be partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Being Christians, some people will not want you to speak to them. Hallelujah. Just bear on it, it's okay. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting God. He saved us, called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which he gave Jesus Christ at the beginning, before the beginning of this earth. But now he's made that manifest in the appearing of our Saviour Jesus Christ, who's abolished death. If we follow him, death is abolished. We follow him, we'll get to heaven. And has brought life and immortality through the gospel through his word 
where I'm appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. For this course, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know who I believe. I am persuaded he is able to keep all that which I have committed unto him against the day. Therefore, I say again, hold fast the form of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love in Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you, Father, for your word. And my prayer now, Lord, is, Father, you touch our lives. You show us again, Father, your love. So we can, Father, listen to these words and take, take them on. Help us to change. Help us, Father, to make the right decisions in life, Lord. Of whom to follow. Of where to go. Of what to do. Father, your word is so powerful, Lord. Even the apostles, when they heard hard sayings, because some of these sayings we find hard, Lord. People, some of, some of them went away. And Jesus said, will you also leave me? And Peter said this. Jesus, where shall we go? You have the words of life. And they are spirit. Father, touch everyone's heart and mind now, Lord. Help us born again Christians, Father, to yet again give testimony, Father. Speak to people about the wonders of you. And Father, I just had a thought, even if we could speak to one person a week, we're on the right track. So Father, encourage us. And for those, Father, who have not yet committed their lives to the Lord, Father, I pray, Father, keep them safe. Show them and teach them, Father, that we have to be saved first before we can do those things for Christ. Without salvation, we're already lost, even when we're a believer. Keep them safe, Father.